Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. 1203 in Oklahoma City, along with Tyler Adams producing in studio. My name is Matt Meyer. This is our number two of the bottom line, 98.1 FM, WWLS, the sports animal. Uh, Mark Rogers and I with you here until 1 o'clock today. That's right, Mark Rogers, uh, part of the bottom line today. We'll uh, catch up with him here in just a moment. Don't forget, 1 o'clock, Matt Ravis with the Ravis Island. He'll be at Tractor Bob's today just down the street from us, Northwest Expressway, 9701 at Northwest Expressway to be exact. Get down and see Matt today at Tractor Bob's from 1 until 3. Just the tip with Q-Tip from 3 until 5. An abbreviated version of Sports Animal Live with Sam Humphreys today from 5 until 6. That's because at 6 o'clock we begin pregame coverage for Thunder and Pelicans. A couple teams have had a couple of days off, and they're going to meet tonight in New Orleans. 7.30 tip, Matt Pinto's call here on the Thunder Radio Network. And uh, here to help us preview that game tonight is Gus Kattengell, who is the host of the Sports Hangover on ESPN Radio New Orleans, 100.3 FM. Gus is also the uh, studio host on the Pelicans Radio Network. You can follow Gus on Twitter at GCAT, that's K-A-T-T, G-K-A-T-T underscore 17. That's how you can follow uh, Gus on Twitter. And uh, Gus, we really appreciate your time. I know you're getting ready to uh, cover the game tonight between the Thunder and the Pelicans. Pelicans. So uh, New Orleans comes into this thing tonight. A couple of games under 500, 32 and 34. They're a part of that big old log jam in the Western Conference. I know it's uh, it's been somewhat of a challenge, uh, especially since the turn of the calendar, as Zion Williamson has been out hurt, hadn't played since January the second. How would you sum up the Pelicans' year to this point, uh, 32 and 34? But as of now, in the play-in tournament. Yeah, man. So first off, good afternoon to you guys, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I think. The best way to describe the season is kind of the way our Carlos do, um, cursed. I mean, it's crazy. Um, it, it's not, look, obviously Zion gets a lot of those headlines and the attention when he's not on there. And, you know, you just go back to that fast break in Philadelphia, which he, you know, grabs at that right hamstring. He was leading a fast break. He's probably going to score 40 points that night. He was playing at an MVP level, and they were overcoming the loss of Brandon Ingram. And that's kind of the point that I'm, you know, looking at this season, too. Look, when you don't have Zion the entire turn of the calendar, that that affects you. There's no doubt about it. But I think losing Brandon Ingram for two months, I mean, he played Black Friday and then it was January 25th before he played again. It was nuts because I think you had to use a lot of your depth. A lot of guys had to step in roles, do manage, do things that had to to overcome that. And it's, it's just actually incredible you're even in the play-in right now. When you think, guys, you had your top two players, essentially, scores, miss at least two months apiece in the season. Zion's going over two months now. B.I. did two months. It, it, it kind of goes to show you maybe what this team could be if it was whole. But, it's, that, I mean, that's the season. It, it, it's incredible. And he, he gets injured in the first half of Wednesday's game with an ankle injury. It's nuts. Gus, what is the – how good is this team next year? If they're fully healthy going into next season, where would you pick them to finish in the West? 
Man, it's a tough question because the only sample size we have, which is incredible, is only 10 games in which you've had what you think would be your basketball team play together. Nuts, right? Like C.J. McCollum has played an entire season's worth of games, over 82 with the Pelicans. He's had 10 with Zion. I mean, that's nuts. Um, But in that sample size, as you saw going into the end of the calendar year, you had this team in first place, and you saw the depth. And, again, you didn't have Brandon Ingram for a month before the end of the calendar year. So I'd like to think that if everybody was together, this team is at least a top four. But at the end of the calendar year when they were doing that, they – didn't have the Lakers with the new roster. They didn't have a, you know, situation where you had the the Suns go get Kevin Durant. So I, I'd like to think they could be a top four team, but the Mavs didn't have Kyrie. Does Kyrie go to the Lakers at the end of the year? Does Durant and the Suns do any more moves? So I think that did change a lot as to where they can be, but I, I think they could be one of the more competitive teams in the West. Hey, Gus, update us on those uh, on those injuries. So Zion Williamson, I'm reading this, Andrew Lopez of ESPN reporting, he's going to miss at least mm-hmm. two more weeks with the hamstring strain. And then Ingram, like you said, hurt an ankle in that win against the Mavericks the other night. Uh, what's the timetable, or is there one, for Ingram, and, and how close do you think Zion Williamson is from being back? So with B.I., uh, we'll start with there. I, I like to play. I don't know if you guys do it when you guys do y'all show. I, I'll play a doctor every now and then. Oh, of course. Try to, you bet. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I go with uh, the observations, right? Being former sideline reporters for football, I, I just – does he have a walking boot? Is he on crutches? Is he on a wheelchair? Is he on the bench? Is he not? And what you saw in Wednesday's game was he was back on the bench in street clothes, but no walking boot, no crutches was with this team. Whatever they gave him for the pain must have made him feel good because there's video of him biting Jose Alvarado on the shoulder. I don't know how good of friends you two guys are, but I don't know if y'all nibble on each other. Yeah, that's not happening. (laughs) So um, the fact that he was yesterday at practice, he he had some pool work and things of that nature, as Coach said, but more importantly, he was getting shots up. Again, no walking boot, shooting, doing stuff on the court. So – at the very least, I think he'll play against the Lakers on Tuesday. I'm hoping tomorrow it would make sense you wouldn't see him in the back-to-back. This, the one thing that actually has been frustrating from a fan base standpoint, even maybe a media standpoint covering this team, they are there's caution, there's beyond caution, there's over an abundance of caution, and there's the Pelicans medical staff. So they, they, will, they will give you time. And then they'll make sure there's time to make sure that you had enough time. So my hope is that you'll see him for the Lakers. It'd be great to see him tomorrow. But the good thing about it is it's not a situation where Jose Alvarado pops up and it's three weeks until he's re-evaluated. And then it's Larry Nance with an ankle sprain, which he was in the walking boot and on crutches when he got hurt against the Knicks in New York. And that's two weeks until he's, re-evaluated. Now, both of those guys um, are progressing for Willie Green yesterday. Larry Nance is actually getting some work in on, on the court. Jose is standing and shooting, but he's not running. He has a stress on his fibula. So, I, you know, hopefully you'll get some of these guys back. I guess what I'm looking at is 
April 1st, man. You have five games left. That should be the right timetable to get Zion back. Um, just judging by that time frame of two more weeks to until he's re-evaluated, then he has to go through three-on-three, three, then he has to go through five-on-five, five, then he has to make sure that he's feeling great on that, on the conditioning, cardio, then they'll play him. So that's at least another three, four weeks. That puts it somewhere around April 1st. They'll have five games left, maybe with your team. I Hopefully. We'll see. They've got a hundred over a hundred million dollars committed to McCollum, Ingram, and Zion yeah. through twenty five. Um, like Herb Jones' contract coming up, also Jackson Hayes. What are their plans there? Uh, Jose Alvarado is kind of in the same boat. So how, how do they financially maneuver around having those two big contracts? It's a good question. I, I think they're going to have some tough answers eventually. I think the good thing about it is, but Herb, you, you still got a little bit before you go into that. Look. He, Three max players is a lot. Yeah, I don't see those other guys having that. Look, Jackson Hayes has been a topic since he's gotten here, right? I mean, he was the 10th overall pick. And I'm not being disrespectful, but he hasn't played like the 10th overall pick, especially got guys like Tyler Hero and stuff that came after him. But it's a crapshoot when you're going after guys that are 18, 19 years old. He's had a maturity issue. He's had a an issue of really not developing something that that's his. Like if you ask me right now, what is Jackson Hayes good at? I, my, my only answer can be, well, he's athletic. Like he's not a shooter. He's not a defender. He's not a off the ball, you know, score. He's not a three points. He doesn't do one thing particularly well. He, he just has athleticism and size and they're hoping it can turn into what you've seen during the stretch of about two, three weeks, 16 minutes, 15 points, 21 minutes, 12 points, a couple boards in the fifth. But it's him being able to do it consistently. That said, his name has been on the trading block for the last two seasons. I don't know if the one either didn't want him or it wasn't what the Pels wanted in return, but I don't see a long-term substantial you know, deal offered to him Herb Jones is different. I think they really like him. But, again, what's the market for Herb for a guy that doesn't score? This system, he's unique and special and, and useful. How many teams are going to go give him $25, $30 million? I don't know. So I, I think Herb in the, in, in the future, Trey Murphy's another player. They'll be in there. Um, Contract-wise, I think it'll make sense. But, look, it, it's the other three guys, man, that that are going to have to carry this team and it just stinks that two of your max players, you know, have trouble staying on the court and Brandon Ingram and Zion. We're talking with Gus Kattengill, the host of the Sports Hangover on ESPN Radio in New Orleans, 100.3 FM. He's also the Radio Network uh, studio host for New Orleans Pelicans basketball. And you can follow Gus on Twitter at GCAT, that's G-K-A-T-T, underscore 17. Uh, This is the bottom line, 98.1 FM, WWLS, the sports animal thunder in New Orleans tonight to take on the Pelicans, 7.30 tip, 6 o'clock pregame here on the Sports Animal and all over the Thunder Radio Network. Uh, Let's switch gears here, Gus. I would imagine the topic that has dominated the airwaves on 100.3 FM in New Orleans this week would be the signing of Derek Carr, the former Raiders quarterback, is now the quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. His deal could be worth Mm -hmm. up to $150 million, up to $100 million in guarantees, $60 million fully 
guaranteed. Um, what what are your thoughts on Derek Carr as a player? Now, of course, that's a very different question than what are your right. thoughts on the deal? Uh, you know, in, in other words, I guess what I'm asking you is, does the deal match the player? What what are your thoughts on Derek Carr, and what else do you think the Saints need to do this offseason? So you start with this, fellas. They, they had an absolute need at quarterback. Um, last year was just, I don't even know how to describe it. You didn't have a quarterback competition in the first game of the year. It looked like they hadn't practiced. They couldn't block anybody. He was getting sacked left and right, Jameis Winston. Then he literally breaks his back in the game. Michael Thomas has two touchdowns in the final two, three minutes of that game. Looks incredible. He gets hurt in that game. Kamara gets hurt in that game. <laughs> You're going, what happened? And that was really the story of the season. Um, between he and Dalton, you just you didn't have a playmaker quarterback. You had a season where Alvin Kamara, I think, had 10 passes inside the red zone the entire season. Um, they didn't utilize him. The Tampa game where Mark Ingram goes out of bounds a half yard in front of the first down marker that would have iced the game, a game they needed to have. They wound up losing. It, it was just a concophony of, you know, the poop emoji, if you know what I'm saying. It was just bad. So, you had to change narrative. You had to get some sort of positivity. They didn't fire the offensive coordinator, which everyone in the city thought should have been the first thing you do. But I think when you look around the league, so many teams were looking for an OC. Are you going to find somebody that works better with Dennis Allen? The second they made the decision to keep him, it changed things. You're not going to attract many free agent quarterbacks or are you going to trust a draft pick at quarterback with the guy who's a defensive coordinator. So it makes sense that he's going to go after the guy that he drafted in, with the Raiders. It makes sense that you go get a veteran that Drew Brees this week said is a perfect fit for the Saints, and he's a perfect fit, uh, and the Saints are a perfect fit for him. You have somebody that I think helps Pete Carmichael because he's going to be able to call protections. This, this team hasn't been able to block anybody since Drew Brees left. Drew did everything at the line. Called protections, moved around formations, did check with me. He was everything. I think Derek is going to be expected or can be that type of player wants to do that. And I think to answer the contract question, when Daniel Jones with 15, million, with 15 touchdowns can get what he just got, that's the going rate. I mean, the guy got paid more than Derek Carr, who, you know, I think can play. So, and look, it just got even spicier yesterday with the Panthers trading to move up to go get a quarterback in the draft. So I think that tells you, too, though, what that move meant. The second he chose the Saints, that, that first segment on my show, I said, there's no way the Panthers, the Bucks, sit idle. It's impossible. I mean, you can't. So I figured Carolina would move up. They did. I think if I'm the Bucks, I'm calling Jimmy G. I'm, I'm absolutely making sure – that I'm getting a veteran quarterback, you know? So I, I, I think it's interesting to see how it changes everything, but they needed Carr. The contract is, is what it is. I would have liked maybe kind of the start, the whole rebuild sort of thing, but you're not going to get a quarterback high enough. I think if they wouldn't have gotten Carr, they probably would have drafted Hendon Hooker, hope that he could have been the quarterback of the future. But you got a GM that's been here forever. How much longer does he have here? You have a veteran coach in Dennis Allen who knows he's on a hot seat already. He can't afford to develop somebody. So when you put all the pieces together, 
it's the only option they really had. And they had to pay the piper and pay the price. So let's see what happens. Hey, Gus, we really appreciate the time. Know you're getting ready to work on the Pelicans broadcast tonight. He's Gus Kattengill, host of the Sports Hangover on ESPN Radio in New Orleans, also the studio host for the New Orleans Pelicans Radio Network. Gus, thanks so much, man. Appreciate your time. Not a problem, man. Take care, guys. Okay. Uh, we appreciate it, Gus. That's Gus Kattengill of ESPN Radio New Orleans. Mark, what do you think Derek Carr, you know, he – he had a not a career low, but his worst completion percentage since his rookie year last year had the fewest amount of yards he had had last year since 2017. And this is after getting Devonte Adams. Um, I, you know, I, I've kind of liked Carr. I'm certainly not in love with the guy or anything. What, what are your thoughts on him? And and you know that that's a division mark that you know, especially now that Brady is is out of there in Tampa. You know, it was a competitive division anyway last year. Uh, you know, all those teams, even though they all had losing records, kind of all bunched around uh, bunched around each other. What do you think of the car signing with New Orleans? There's not really any magic beans to get you the best quarterback in the league. Um, you, you have to maybe get lucky in the draft. I don't know. He's an upgrade for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I blame a lot of his problems on the Raiders. I, I think Josh McDaniels is a terrible coach. They had all kinds of dysfunction last year. They had huge leads in games and lost them. It wasn't because Derek Carr did bad things or dumb things. Uh, he led him to the playoffs the year before when right. McDaniels wasn't there. Uh, I, I think he's a really good quarterback. I think it's an upgrade for the Saints. I think they've got other things to upgrade, and I'm a little worried about their coach, Dennis. He's great. So um, I, 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 would, I would say that they should feel excited. Now they got to go to work with the rest of the roster. Well, I know a, another fan base that should be excited or or might have a reason to be excited. That would be the New York Jets. We may get into this a little bit later on. Sounds like things are progressing, and basically the ball is in Aaron Rodgers' hands as to whether or not he wants to play for the Packers or the Jets. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. Plus, the number one overall pick in this year's draft, this upcoming year's draft, got traded yesterday. And I think one side of that trade, absolute, or one team involved in that trade, whipped the other's ass yesterday in this trade. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. Coming up next, though, Emmanuel Rivera will join us. Uh, speaking of whipping now ass. talk about ass whippings. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. speaking of that, we definitely saw one last week uh, at uh, the UFC pay-per-view. If there was any doubt, and I don't really know that there was, but if there was any doubt as to who the greatest mixed martial artist of all time was, that was put to rest last Saturday as John Jones makes his return and wins the heavyweight championship. So we'll talk about that and a lot of other mixed martial arts news with The Punisher coming up next. First, though, Mark Rogers at Penn Square Mall, and he is at a, a kiosk. Uh, talking about sustainable solutions. Mark, tell us about that. If you've, if you've really listened and like what we're talking about today, then you can go to their website and visit them as well as the mall. Um, so sustainablesolutionsus.com, sustainablesolutionsus.com technology. Uh, they've got some cool technology here. We talked about how they can take water out of the atmosphere uh, and it turns into a very high pH balance water that's really good for you that people pay premiums for. They've also got a machine that you can attach to your washing machine, and you don't ever have to use detergent. Uh, detergent prices also kind of through the woo- roof, and uh, you seem to run out of it. You don't have enough of it. So uh, there's a machine here that you can attach, and it'll show you how you don't have to use laundry detergent to, to uh, clean your uh, laundry. Uh, and if you're somebody that, again, worried about COVID, you're tired of wearing a mask and all of these things, uh, they have some solutions with air uh, that can they can clean, basically. Uh, and it's going to help keep you safe and uh, prevent you from 
uh, dealing with some of those toxins that are in the air. So go to sustainablesolutionsus.com. You can see their website there. Come see their kiosk here in Penn Square Mall. It's on the lower floor located right next to J. Crew. We recap UFC 285. Mama, there goes that man again. John Jones was back in a big way. We'll talk with the Punisher about that next. Here on The Bottom Line, 98.1 FM, WWLS, the sports animal. Every week, Michael Rosenbaum is getting deep with someone new on the Inside of You podcast. Let's get inside of Shelly Hennick. So Obliterated's on Netflix. Mm -hmm. I had the best time. It was challenging, but it was like the show. It doesn't always happen. Everybody's trying to make a show and you're not. This was a dream. It's no fun. Genuinely. And if it wasn't, I would just keep my mouth shut and talk about something else. Like, it was. Hey, it was fine. Because I've done that. I've asked people and they're like, you know. Yeah. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Wherever you listen. What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real, because just business is better business. Visit JustCapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. About 30 minutes away from the Ravis Island with Matt Ravis. That's taking place today at Tractor Bob's 9701 Northwest Expressway. Get out and see Ravis. You can call him as well on the Lucky Star line, 405-900-WWLS. Use that number to text as well, Trade Pro Seat and Air Text Nation line, uh, 405-900-9957. Sports Animal Twitter feed powered by Mr. Electric at Sports Animal. That's how you can connect with us here at the Sports Animal. We'll take your phone calls, your text messages, your tweets coming up here in about 15 minutes or so. So you've got Matt Ravis coming up at 1, just the tip with Q-Tip from 3 until 5, Sam Humphreys from 5 until 6 with Sports Animal Live in Thunder Basketball beginning at 6 o'clock tonight. Thunder in New Orleans, like we were just talking about, pregame at 6 uh, with the Oklahoma Men's Clinic Thunder forecast, 7.30, the tip-off tonight. Thunder and Pelicans with Matt Pinto's call and the Thunder recap following that. So we're live and local all day long. Why would you listen to anybody else, um, especially when we bring on this next guy? He's Emmanuel Rivera, 6-2 and two as a professional mixed martial artist, 1-0 and o as a professional boxer. He is the executive director of the Come Up Foundation. Uh, we'll let him uh, talk about all those uh, great efforts coming up here in about 15 minutes. That's definitely a nonprofit with uh, – which you want to be associated to come up foundation. And we'll talk more about that here in just a second. But first, E-Man, I really appreciate your time, especially after what we saw last Saturday. I thought uh, what Mark Raimondi wrote on ESPN was about as accurate as anything I've read in a while. Uh, he leads his article recapping UFC 285 this way. In mixed martial arts, there's been John Jones and then everyone else for more than a decade. After a move up in weight and three years away, absolutely nothing has changed. John Jones makes his triumphant return UFC 285 last Saturday and forces Cyril Gaon to submit to a guillotine just a couple of minutes into the first round. Jones is now the UFC heavyweight champion. Uh, of course, he was a light heavyweight champion for years. I believe he's the eighth uh, uh, eighth person in uh, UFC history to hold two different belts. Uh, it was the third fastest submission ever in a UFC championship fight. There's all kinds of stats that just prove you know how great John Jones is. He's never physically been beaten in the cage. He had one loss uh, overturned and one became a no contest. But 
anyway, I mean, this guy, I mean, what, what can we say about him, E-Man? UFC records for longest unbeaten streak ever with 19. Title fight victories with 15 title defenses. He's tied the record with that with Mighty Mouse with 11. Not much more you can say about the guy. What did you think about his performance last Saturday? I mean, first of all, if you're a fan, you've been a long fan, a longtime fan of MMA, then you know that that one on his record does not count. Um, you got to look back at that Matt Hamill fight and, and kind of make a decision on your, on your own. But what can you say about John Jones? This guy moving up to a heavier weight, going against the number one contender in the heavyweight division and making it look easy. This guy, you know, John Jones came out before the fight and said, listen, guys, I'm going to come out here and I'm going to make this look easy. Cyril Gaon has never fought a, uh, a great wrestler. The best wrestler that he fought was Nganu. Um, there's no chance that Cyril Gaon will come out of this unscathed. And John Jones, I mean, I was just getting comfortable sitting down about to watch the fight. <laughs> Next thing you know, you see the crowd going crazy, John Jones standing up and celebrating. So uh, what a quick night for John Jones, breaking all kinds of records. E-Man, what's up? It's Mark. How are you doing? What's up, Mark? How are you? I, I was going to say, uh, I, I – uh, I got up and got a slice of pizza, and I put out more effort than Cyril Gaon did. He was un- that was unbelievably weak. I'm still not sure. I know John Jones is great, but I'm not sure that there's not somebody at some point in time that could give him a fight. Um, I did want to ask you about ESPN and MMA. Um, now that we're a couple of years into the streaming deal that they have, are you pretty satisfied with the exposure that they're bringing to the sport? Absolutely. I think you know ESPN, obviously one of the biggest sports networks in the world, so UFC – uh, leaving Fox and signing a, a deal with ESPN, I think, was a huge, uh, huge deal, not just for UFC, but for MMA and the MMA world. So I think that, you know, them uh, putting out the apps and, and uh, you know, there's a couple things you don't, you don't like about it when you have to pay a little extra on certain things. But listen, as an MMA fan, I don't mind. Hey, E-Man, uh, so Jones now, we, we found out before the fight uh, Dana White, I think, said whoever won was going to fight Stipe Miocic next, and we now know that's going to be John Jones. You want to talk about, I mean, you know, this fight that we just saw was the most, one of, I would say, one of the most anticipated fights we've ever seen in UFC. This Jones-Miocic fight that I don't believe has been officially announced with a date yet, um, I, I would keep an eye on early July, you know, the, the uh, International Fight Week, big week for UFC in Vegas, uh, first week of July, just a hunch. But um, what are your thoughts on Jones and Miocic? I mean, I, I, don't, know, I don't know how anybody could, pick, could not pick Jones to win this fight. What, 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 were your, what would be your early thoughts on uh, John Jones going against Stipe Miocic? You know, I think that originally that was probably the best matchup uh, as far as the challenge for John Jones. Uh, is Stephen Miocic. I think Cyril gone. I think it went kind of like what we, we thought. Maybe it should have lasted longer, but I think that John Jones was eventually going to take Cyril gone down and submit him. Now, Miocic is a Division One wrestler. This guy is a Golden Glove boxer. This guy is well-rounded. This guy beat DC two out of three in, in their last uh, uh, in their last matches. So you can't count Stipe out, although he is pushing 40, right? Or I think he is 40. Um, but John Jones isn't getting any younger either. So, uh, you know, Miocic is a very, very smart guy. I think we'll have the, the goat of the heavyweight division as of right now being Stipe Miocic versus the, the goat that people think are, is going to be taking his place. So um, John Jones is a guy that's very lengthy, very, uh, very tricky. I really – this is going to be the toughest match in Stipe Miocic's uh, career. 
And I think that it's going to be the toughest match in the heavyweight division for John Jones. So it's going to be a great fight. Two goats going at it and see who the real goat is. Well, if, if we were surprised as to how easily John Jones defeated Cyril Gaon, or maybe not easily, but quickly, I was completely surprised with what we saw in the co-main event. Alexa Grasso uh, defeats Valentina Shevchenko to win the Women's Flyweight Championship. She forced Shevchenko to submit to a rear naked choke in the fourth round. Timed it up great. Uh, This completely shocked me. I know um, you being proud of your Mexican heritage had to be thrilled with Grasso's win. And E-Man, I believe... Uh, Grosso is the uh, third um, uh, person with uh, Mexican descent to win a UFC championship this year, so that's great for the country of Mexico. Talk about Grosso's win. What did you see? Uh, how, you know, how did how was she able to pull that off against Shevchenko? Man, it was very hard to give Grosso a chance in this against Shevchenko. Shevchenko is a real life ninja. This this girl is dedicated to the craft. Has looked so unbeatable lately, besides her last fight. So. You know, her last fight, she looked human. And I think Alex Russell took advantage of that, really being aggressive. Her boxing looked very, 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 very crisp. Catching Shevchenko with some nice right hands. Uh, you know, Grasso had showed that her boxing, I think, was better than Shevchenko's. Uh, but Shevchenko definitely uh, mixed it up very well, taking Grasso down. But the, the mistake that, that Shevchenko made was doing that spinning back kick. And what's funny is that Grasso, you can see video of Grasso uh, uh, practicing and going over that. So uh, getting a miss on the spinning back kick and Grasso jumping on the back of her trainer, literally training that exact sequence. So that was a beautiful thing to see. Grasso jumped on her back so quick. I don't think Shevchenko knew what was going on. And next thing you knew, she was tapping out. Hey, I want to ask you real quickly about uh, I, I, Matt. Oh, hey, I was going to say one more time. I, was, I heard that after the fight. That was pretty, it was amazing that they had practiced that. That strategy was un, just like incredible next level stuff. But I am for more spinning back kicks. I think that makes the sport more exciting, especially if you <laughs> if you miss, you're going to get submitted off of it too. So that was uh, Grasso. That was she was a ten to one underdog. I mean that that's oh insane. that's pretty amazing. Yeah, Grasso is. Uh, you can see, you know, she was losing the fight in my opinion. So the mentality you got to have to be able to stay in that and and still give yourself a chance is just uh, shows her her mental toughness. So congrats to Grasso. Hey, I wanted to ask you about Bellator 292 last night uh, in San Jose. Really interesting main event. So uh, Usman Nurmagomedov, who is uh, Khabib's cousin, uh, not his brother, but his cousin, he won that main event last night. It was his first successful defense of the Bellator lightweight title, and he beat former UFC champion Benson Henderson. And we'll talk more about him here in just a second with a rear naked choke. Uh, it was in the first round last night, so uh, even if uh, Khabib is retired, his cousin is uh, still uh, carrying on that family name in a really good way. Uh, what did you see last night with uh, with Usman's win over Benson Henderson? Well, first of all, you know, Khabib's uh, whole family, I believe, is, is dominating the whole yeah. MMA scene in different different uh, promotions. So that's pretty amazing that you see how effective that style is. I mean, you're taking very little damage and, and being and being very, very dominant. And, you know, I don't know what it is in that camp, but you see it in every single guy that he is behind. These guys have the same style and come out with the same results. So, you know, there, there was nothing different here against former UFC champ Vincent Henderson. Uh, you know, Usman just took him down and sunk in that rear naked choke so quick in the first round within two and a half minutes. So, so impressive. Uh, Usman or Marga Madoff, uh, the, the, the current champ now. So, there's, you know, where do you go from here? You know, obviously the tournament's going to be, uh, we're in the semifinals now. So, 
you know, Usman is like, is, he looks so unbeatable. I don't know who's going to beat him now. Yeah, th- this was a part of the uh, Bellator Lightweight World Grand Prix. They've had these tournaments in a lot of the other weight classes, and uh, now they're doing it in the uh, lightweight division in Bellator. So he defeats Henderson, who after the fight last night left his gloves in the cage, a sign that he has chosen to retire. And I know this is combat sports, and we see guys uh, come out of retirement. We'll, we'll talk, uh, if we have time, we'll talk about another guy who's uh, going to do that here, and that was made official just the other day. But, uh, um, Henderson, 30-12 and 12 in his career. Uh, he had won a couple of fights in a row. This guy's a former UFC lightweight champion. He had three consecutive uh, lightweight title defenses, which is tied for the most with BJ Penn, Frankie Edgar, and Khabib. Uh, he's 39 years old, a tremendous career. Uh, when you look back at Benson Henderson's career, if this really was the last time he fights, what do you think about with him? You know, I think he's in, in those likes, like he's like one of those guys, uh, those Justin Gaethje's, those uh, Michael Chandler's, where he has such an exciting style. You know, he's going he's gonna to be known not only for his crazy hair in there, but his crazy style, and it's very effective. You know, this guy has fought people like Clay Guida, Jim Miller, uh, Frankie Ediger, Nate Diaz, Gilbert Mendez. The list keeps going and going. Rafael Dos Anjos. So he, the, the who's who of, of MMA, this guy has been in the cage, opposite corner, to fight these guys. So, you know, uh, Ben Henderson doesn't look uh, look 39, but, you know, obviously this sport takes a toll on your body. He, uh, he still looked good in the, in the first part of the tournament. And uh, again, he went against an undefeated uh, guy that is in Khabib's camp. So that's a tough one. I can't blame Ben Henderson for, uh, for retiring. He's had a great career and he will be in the hall of fame. We're talking with Emmanuel Rivera here on 98.1 FM, WWS, a sports animal discussing UFC and Bellator news and notes tonight. UFC is running in Las Vegas at the theater uh, at uh, Virgin Hotels. And this is not a pay-per-view, but it's a pretty dang good card. The main event, bantamweight main event, between Peter Yan and uh, Marev Devalishvili, uh, Alexander Volkov is on this uh, card taking on Alexander Romanov in a really good heavyweight matchup. Again, this is not a pay-per-view, but th- these are two pretty good uh, fights at the top of this card, man. What are you looking forward to tonight? Well, obviously the heavyweight, the co-main event, Alexander Volkov versus Alexander Romanov, that's going to be a, a huge, huge fight in, in many ways, not only in size, but uh, I guarantee you that it's going to be a knockout probably within the first couple of rounds. You know, Ryan Spann also, uh, before that fight, Ryan Spann and, and Akita uh, Kirilov, that's going to be a great fight. Ryan Spann is on a run right now. Uh, I think one or two more, and he's going to be sitting there uh, knocking on the door for the championship fight. We have uh, another name here, Nurmagomedov. Uh, you know, obviously, anytime you see that last name, you got to check that fight out, and you'll see that the style is very similar to all the guys in that same camp. And but we got to talk about the bantamweight men event. You know, Peter Yan versus uh, Marab uh, Dishivili. I, I can't pronounce his name always, but yeah, Dishivili is a guy that uh, he's knocking on the door also. So he's knocking on. He beats Peter Yan, and he will be going uh, uh, trying to challenge for that for that belt. But there's there's something. Uh, stopping him there, right? So he has his friend that is his champion right now. So that's going to be a tricky situation, but you mm-hmm. can't look past Peter Yan yet. So you got this uh, big challenge in front of you. Well, next week we'll have a lot to recap. We'll have tonight's event, plus we'll be looking ahead to the next UFC pay-per-view. That's right, UFC back on pay-per-view with UFC 286 next Saturday as we're going to see uh, Leon Edwards go against Kamaru Usman. That'll be a lot of fun uh, in the uh, to see if Usman can get the uh, welterweight championship back or if Leon Edwards can surprise, uh, Edwards can surprise everybody again.
Also, Justin Gaethje on that card next week. So there'll be a lot to talk about. And like I alluded to, Henry Cejudo will be back in action uh, here pretty quick, going against Aljamain Sterling. That's going to be at UFC 288. We'll talk about that and much more with E-Man uh, next week. First, though, E-Man, before we let you go, tell everybody about the Come Up Foundation. I know you guys have got big plans, uh, doing lots and lots more th- uh, uh, more. Uh, events to get involved with the lives of Oklahoma youth and help uh, make a positive impact in those lives through martial arts. Tell everybody about the Come Up Foundation. Yeah, the Come Up Foundation. We we just want to engage in the Oklahoma martial arts community, and our goal is really just mentoring underprivileged youth. So we get go into schools, we go, go into churches, city centers, and we offer free martial arts training along with mentorship programs. So, uh, you know, come check us out on the come, comeupkids.com. Or you can check us out on Instagram, the Come Up uh, underscore Foundation, and Facebook, the Come Up Foundation. Check us out. Uh, if there's anything that maybe uh, you guys can reach out and help out with, we'd love to uh, hear you out. E-Man, really appreciate the time, man. Have a great day, okay? Thank you. We'll see you, Mark. He Take is, care, man. He is the Punisher, Emmanuel Rivera. And, again, we love having him on to break down uh, MMA, UFC, Bellator, all kinds of combat sports. Um, Mark Rogers, live at Penn Square Mall. And uh, Marcus with Sustainable Solutions, uh, all kinds of interesting things they have, have to uh, offer, Mark. Yeah, really, you have to – you just kind of have to see some of this stuff to, to believe it. So it's a great way if you're hanging out at the mall. Make sure you put it on the agenda to stop by Sustainable Solutions right next to J. Crew. All kinds of ways they can help save energy. They can also make your environment cleaner. It can give you a better way of life. And, again, if you're tired of everything with COVID, masks, all those kind of things, uh, this is, is a way that, that can help you where you can be free from all of that stuff that's been so restrictive during this time. Um, got a couple of uh, website options for you. You can go to sustainablesolutionsus.com, or you can also text this number for more information, uh, 405-589-1028, 405-589-1028 if you uh, have any questions about some of the products that we've talked about today. Speaking of hanging out at the mall, I've got a very important question to ask Mark Rogers on that subject. Plus, the number one pick in this year's NFL draft is no longer property of the Chicago Bears. And I'll tell you why that's a great thing for the Chicago Bears. We'll talk about that coming up next here on The Bottom Line, 98.1 FM, WWLS, the sports animal. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? (laughs) (laughs) In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What women binge wherever you listen. Ten minutes away from the Ravis Island with Matt Ravis coming up from one to three at Tractor Bob's just down the street from us here at the Sports Animal. 9701 Northwest Expressway. Get out and see Matt from 1 to 3 today. Just the tip with Q-tip from 3 until 5. Sports Animal Live with Sam Humphreys today. An abbreviated version from 5 until 6. Thunder Basketball pregame coverage. Oklahoma Men's Clinic Thunder forecast beginning at 6 o'clock tonight with Gideon Hamilton and Bobby Thompson. Tip off from New Orleans with Matt Pinto's great call coming up at 7.30. And uh, the Thunder recap following the game today. So we're live and local all day long here on 98.1 FM. WWLS 
sports animal, Matt Meyer and Mark Rogers with you. This is the bottom line on 98.1 FM, WWLS, a sports animal. A couple of college basketball games to update you on real quick. One SEC semifinal game going on right now. Alabama leading Missouri 31-26. to Of course, Alabama fighting for a number one seed and Missouri uh, safely in the tournament. They're looking to improve their seeding. That game is just before the half. And in a game that if you're a Cowboy fan, you need to have an eye on this. Uh, number five, Purdue, leads Ohio State, but only by four, 38 to 34. And the Boilermakers have just kind of got on, got on a little bit of a run to take the lead. Ohio State was leading this game just a few minutes ago. Uh, this game also right before the half. If you're an OSU fan, you you have to have – I guess you don't have to have Ohio State lose today, but you cannot afford to have Ohio State win today and then win the Big Ten tournament. The Buckeyes will not go to the NCAA tournament as an at-large. They're 16-18. and 18. So that they would definitely be a bid stealer, and we know that OSU squarely on the bubble according to every NCAA tournament projection. So lots of great college hoop today with all these conference tournaments. The big one today in my eyes, Texas and Kansas for the Big 12 championship coming up at 5 o'clock. Also uh, Duke and Virginia in the ACC championship game tonight at 7.30 and at 9.30, huge game in the Pac-12, UCLA and Arizona. Mark Rogers hanging out with us at Penn Square Mall with Sustainable Solutions. We'll ask Mark more about that here in just a second. Uh, so, Mark, uh, I knew you were going to be at Penn Square today, so I think the most important thing I could ask you about, you go to the mall, you're going to eat at the food court. What is your go-to food court option? Um, you know what? I was just telling some guys here that I haven't really spent this much time at a mall in a while, but... Mm-hmm. I think there's a Chick-fil-A here. I don't know how you turn that down. Uh, I, I don't I – I hate to say this. Sorry, Sabaro, but I don't put that up there with some of the better pizza I can get. But if it comes to chicken nuggets, uh, Chick-fil-A probably at the top of the list. Uh, that's, a, that, that's a low blow, you ragging on Sabaro like that, sir. I, I was going to say Sabaro is my absolute number one – if, if they are in a food court, that is where lunch is at. I grew up at Crossroads Mall, I-35 and I-240. Calzone? I get anything. You get a slice? You I, get? I normally just a slice, you know, pepperoni. Well, I say just a slice, probably one or two or more. But no, Sabaro was my go-to. You know what I have not done in my life? I don't think. Maybe I did it once. I don't remember ever having an orange Julius. Can you believe that? Orange Julius, that thing is the way of the dinosaur. Would you ever have a, hot, a corn dog on a stick? You know, with the girl not, that had the funny hat and the red, yellow, and blue clothes. Not a big corn dog guy. No, um, I mean I'm I'm not above them, but I I've, I'm not a big corn dog guy. Really, I, I'm not even. Oh, this is really going to make some people heated. Uh, look, I've been to OU Texas. I I've had a Fletcher's corn dog. I I don't. I mean, the way people talk about those things, you think they would cure cancer? I mean, they're good. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not a corn dog guy. Um, just uh, not my uh, go-to thing. But Sabaro is so. And you're right. I mean, there's probably better pizza out there. I'm not saying that. But when it comes to a food court, that was uh, that was mandatory uh, eating for me growing up at Crossroads Mall. That was. Uh, let that let was me try to spot. help you with the corn dog as far as the as far as the hot dog goes. If you're a lot of places. The hot dog is kind of not very potable. It's, it's hard to take, kind of carry around yeah. and walk around and eat the hot dog. You kind of have to be standing. Corn dog, you can go anywhere you want either. Just take a bite off of it. And the corn meal is kind of like the bread, right? Uh-huh. You know? And it's a lot easier. You're not going to get stuff on you. If you apply the mustard or the ketchup on it correctly, you should be okay. Um, so I think that's the whole deal of the cornbread. I, or corn dog. I, I never thought it was going to cure cancer, but it, I do find it uh, – I do find it tasty. The Orange Julius, however, 
I do not find very tasty. Um, I think things like um, ice cream with candy bars in it put uh-huh. the horse Julius out of business for good. Oh, there's no question about that. I'm, I'm, I'm in total agreement there. Uh, Trade Pros Heat and Air text Nation line. Uh, one person says Baskin Robbins all the way. I'll second that. Uh, Q says you're trying to break the text line with no corn dogs. Look, I'm not against them. They're just not my, not my deal. Another text yes. from the five eight zero says a day with Mark Rogers on the radio is better than a day without. Roll Tide on that. Um, oh, wow. Hey, very nice. And speaking of Roll Tide, now I wanted to ask you about this before we make room for Ravis. I thought the Bears whipped the Panthers' ass yesterday. Uh, in Okay, so the other day on the text line, I got accused of riding the fence and not having an opinion and, and you know, trying to be political yes. and all that sort of thing. And, and to a certain extent, I'll agree with that. I, I, I try my best to see, you know, both sides of an argument or whatever. Okay, for that – well, I about cussed. For that guy out there, here's an opinion for you. Uh, the Bears fleeced the Panthers yesterday in this trade. The Panthers get the number one pick in exchange for the number nine pick this year, the number 61 pick this year, that's a late second rounder, a 2024 first rounder, a 2025 second rounder, and DJ freaking Moore. What are, I, and, and I saw people on Twitter yesterday, Mark, asking me, uh, you know, or no, well, they weren't asking me, they were asking the ether. Uh, who are the Panthers going to take at number one? And I said, for what they gave up, it better be Jim Brown or John Elway. Um, Jim Brown, John Elway, not in this draft. I, I tell you, the Panthers better hit on this thing. Um, they, whoever they take, whether it's Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, whoever it is, he better be a multi-time All-Pro because they gave up a ton to get this number one pick. I. I agree. Um, I've never known you as a fence sitter, by the way. I thought that, you know, just because somebody criticizes you doesn't make them right. Uh, the, the, you get, I, I think there, again, there's some NFL franchises that are run poorly. There's some NFL franchises that are run really well. The Carolina Panthers look like a franchise that's run really poorly. Uh, they hired Matt Rule, guaranteed him all this money when they really didn't need to do that, uh, and then fired him, you know, early on into the, the tenure um, I think that they had a guy there in Steve Wilkes that really wanted the job as the head coach. They don't want him, so they shuffle him out. I, I'm just not a fan of that franchise, but they absolutely way overpaid. The Bears, um, just look what it did for the uh, the Cowboys and the Herschel Walker deal. You know, you a franchise it. like the Bears has been kind of struggling along, get a big haul for this and have a pretty good quarterback as it is, and you can really take a step up. So it was big for the Bears. That's a great move for them. I think it's a great move for them. The Bears also have a ton of salary cap room. If you're a Bears fan, I know you've been wandering in the wilderness for a while. You're on the right track. Now, as Jimmy Johnson would say, the key is not getting the picks. The key is who you pick with the picks. But I love that trade for the Bears yesterday. Mark, one more time at Penn Square Mall for sustainable solutions. How can they help people out? Sustainable Solutions Us. Sustainable Solutions Us.com. Uh, they've got great new technology that can help your home, it can help your health. Uh, and if those are things that you're concerned about, you got to do yourself a favor and visit that website. They've got a kiosk that's opening today here in Penn Square Mall, right next to the J. Crew store. So come see them, and they will uh, take good care of you. Big thanks to Tyler Adams for producing expertly in studio. Up next, the Ravis Island. Matt Ravis live from Tractor Bob's, 9701 Northwest, Northwest Expressway. Ravis will be taking your phone calls next here on 98.1 FM. WWLS, the sports animal. 
movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. Scott Grimes is here Thank with you. us. Voiceover, that is like my dream job. I think I just have too distinctive a voice and I can't manipulate it. so why I'm right. not a good singer. This is how great Seth MacFarlane is. I went in to do it and I was talking like this and he goes, good, now just get rid of the neck thing that you just did because it's one, it's ugly. And then I just came out like this and came up with this guy named Steve Smith who has a tiny little lisp, but so does Scott Grimes, so it's perfect. What Women Binge, wherever you listen.